It's time for the locker room with Coach D right now on TPV Radio. Radio. Welcome. You are now in the locker room. It is May 22nd, 2021, and we're bringing another great addition to this series we've been talking about here in the locker room. You know, because we're just excited that you're here. You're not here by accident. You wasn't a mistake that you stumbled on us. This is God ministering to you today. And I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And it's just been a beautiful day, and we're glad you're ready to sit down and come to the table with us as we see what God says about men in our lives. And then, you know, the locker room is a place for us guys. It's a place that, as men, we can come. We can relax. We can be open and transparent about some of the things that we deal with on a daily basis. See what God says, and so we can get back into the game and winning form. Well, I'm Coach D, and I am here, the head coach of the locker room, and I have an amazing, amazing coaching staff on board. These guys are A-listers. They're number one in my book. God has allowed me to labor with these guys, and they're just Awesome, awesome men of God. But before I introduce the coaching staff to you, you know, I have to apologize. I haven't been given all the ways that you can contact us. And of course, we go live when you, we go live every other Saturday, and you can call in at 515 605 9873. That's 515 605 9873. And you can talk to us live, and we can whatever issues or questions that you have, and we will be there and available for us. Or you can go to the TPV website. That's uh, TPV Ministry, or I'm sorry, TPVRadio1Network.com, and you can hear us there, or you can drop us something there. If you can't get there, you can go to the Men of Purpose Facebook page. It's Men of Purpose slash Locker Room Facebook page. You can, uh, you can get us there. Also, uh, the men of purpose locker room.com. You can go there, and if you don't know how to listen or where to listen to, we've got several different um, places that all you got to do is click on, and you're there. Or you can get, drop us a line at mocklockerroom at gmail.com. We'll really, really, really love to hear you. We'll really, really love to see um, see you out there. So, I would like to introduce my coaching staff. Like I said, these are these are awesome men of God that have labored along with me, and I'm just glad that God put them in my life at this time. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to the assistant coach here at the locker room, John Brothers. He's a great friend and, and an awesome man, husband, father, and he's just He's just an amazing guy. And that is Coach Tut. Coach Tut, you're on the line today. Oh, yes, sir. What's going on, <laughs> Coach John? You doing all right today? Glad to have you. Man, glad Good. to have you. I am ready to rock and roll with this thing today. Yes, sir. Keep that energy. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna beat some demons' heads in today. Amen. 
The next guy I'd like to introduce is a guy that I've been in. Man, we've been in the trenches with our sleeves rolled up, our combat boots on, and he's just full of energy. Amazing guy. Coach Newton, are you in the building? Coach D. Coach Tut. I'm ready to go. The offensive line's got his playbook ready, and we're ready to knock this thing home. So let's get it. Let's go. Amen. Amen. I uh I was looking for my other coach here. I don't know if he's on yet. Um He's another great guy that I was introduced to this year, but you know how some people you meet and you just have this kindred spirit with and I've got a chance to teach with him on a couple of occasions and, and hear him speak and He's just really, really an awesome, awesome guy. If you're out there, Coach Coleman, if you're out there, I'd like to hear from you. Okay, he must still be getting on board. Um, but amen, amen. Well, guys, before we go any further, uh, Coach Newton, can you open us up with a word of prayer? Uh, sure. Eternal God our Father, we thank you for this gathering of men. We pray that the words that come out of our mouth will be led by the Holy Ghost, and anything that we say can be an instruction manual to any man that is listening, that's stuck in the middle, that's facing their Goliaths, but they know that they are a warrior for you, and they don't know what to do. We thank God for the men that are on here via Facebook or here on, on the live line. We pray, Father, that, again, your Holy Spirit will lead us, guide us, and shape us as we continue to go down the playbook of life as a men, as men of God. We ask all these things in Jesus Christ's most awesome and matchless name. Amen. 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 You know, that's, that's what it's about, folks. We keep Jesus. We are Christ-centered guys. And without him, we are nothing. With that said, I got to give him a special shout-out today because he has moved in my life. He has answered some prayers. He's shaping, shaping me, growing me, lifting me up. So, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I give you a shout-out today and say hallelujah for what you've done. I just thank you for salvation. I just thank you for my family, my wife. I just thank you for everything that you've done. And I'm going to roll right into that to give a shout-out to my amazing, beautiful queen, my, my, my co-minister in this family here, Deborah. I just love you, and I thank God for you. And I just ask you to continue to bless you and bring you up. And I want to give a shout-out to my kids. Oh, man, they're just so amazing. Um, man, they don't stay babies long. I got men in high school now. So I just give a shout-out to them. And, and and just being their father in this season of my life has just really blessed me. And I just thank God for them. And I got to give a shout-out to CPC Ministry for all that they do. I just, I just got to give a shout-out to Pastor Chris and First Lady Nisi over there at TPV because, you know, they made the part of their vision that they had was the locker room. And maybe they didn't know it years ago, 
But God has really transformed something amazing within that ministry, that radio ministry that they have. And I just thank God for them and for keeping them and, and keeping them strong and focused on that vision. And, and it's just really amazing because, you know, when I first stepped into the TPV, they just treated me like family. They just honestly treated me like family. I wasn't just another guy on paper. I wasn't another, just another minister in the staff, but I was family, and I thank God for that. And I got to give a shout-out to Mighty Men Institute with Coach Smalls and the guys out there. Amazing, amazing, amazing group of guys. Uh, you can go out on our website, and they have some information there as well. Just really, really growing men and allowing God to grow men in this season, and I just thank God for them. And I want to thank God for you guys that are on this call tonight or maybe listening to this content that we're about to re- about to go, that you receive everything that God has wants you to receive, that you start breaking some things off your life and depositing some things that is going to help you get back out in that field in championship form. Amen. Well, I'm all shouted out. So, Coach Tuck, you got any shout-outs you'd like to get out the way? Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to really give focus to God's presence in our lives. You know, that he every day he gives us an opportunity to be a little bit better than we were the day before. You know, and I'm and I'm grateful every morning for the opportunity that he gives us. It means that we have something to do when we wake up. Um I'm grateful for how he's moving in my life, in the lives of my wife and my sons. And in the men that I that I get to engage with, um, you know, I, I thank him every day for my beautiful bride who supports me in what I do. And I, I know that I wouldn't be here without her. And I'd really like to give a shout out for my boys. You know, they're they're growing into the the men of faith that I pray for them to become every day. And I'm truly grateful for that. Uh, you know, today is a special day for for uh, Coach Coleman, too, now. Um, it is actually his oh, birthday. Yeah. Amen. Amen, yeah. Amen. So Happy a big shout-out to Mike Coleman. Coleman. Turning 29 <laughs> again. <laughs> for the 20th time, huh? <laughs> Who's keeping track? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Coach Newton, you out there, you got any shout-outs, sir, that you would like to give? Well, got to give a shout-out to Coach Coleman. It is his birthday, yes. and that's probably yes. why he's not here. So we forgive him for this one. We won't throw a penalty flag <laughs> for him not being present today. It's excusable. It is his birthday. So shout out to you, sir. We salute you. And, of course, got to give a shout out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because without him, none of this, TPV Radio, TPV Ministries, TPV Media, none of it would be possible without him. Also, I got to give a shout out to my beautiful bride, Shanice Newton. Thank you so much for Dealing with me with the long hours, with the graphics, and now we are on digital and visual now. And we thank God that we are moving in that direction. And again, thank you, Radio Family, for walking 
with us with TPV Virtual. We are not getting shut down like we used to before. We thank God for Facebook. Thank you for allowing our our, our material to play. Shout out to you. Also, shout out to my kiddos, CJ Tajanique, Jalen Tyreek, Ian, and Tajane. Daddy loves you all to pieces, and it's okay to be a full-time dad because that's my job now. And it's sometimes it can get to me, but I'm telling you, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So if you have a chance to be a full-time dad, I definitely know what the ladies go through. Just saying. So anyway, that's my shout-out. So I'm going to drop the ball, pass the ball to you, Coach D, and I'm done. Let's get it. Amen, amen, amen. Well, guys, here we are. Here we are again. And, you know, before I go into what we're going to content today and what we're going to talk about, I just want to let you know that myself as well as the coaches on the staff here, you know, we know and we believe, God, that everything that we're bringing to you today is going to bless you. Because a lot of what we're talking about in the locker room are things that we deal with or are going through on a daily basis. So we're walking this walk together, and I never want you to take for granted that we're way out in front of you. We're not. We're just plain, simple, ordinary, get up every day, go to work, come home, take care of our family type of guy. We don't have any mega churches. We don't have any prominent ministries. We're just guys that love Jesus, and we're ready to get out here and proclaim his name to all that will listen. So we started this series some time ago. It's a series that's called Making of a Warrior. Making of a Warrior. And all of those sites I told you to go on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Play, all of those you can go on and you can listen to the whole contents of the series because we upload the series to each one of those platforms each and every week. And we covered the beginning of the series was facing your Goliath. And that was an awesome, awesome message. And I think you will really be blessed with that. And then we kind of segued into eliminating distractions, which, man, we could, we could really still be there in eliminating distractions because that's something that we occur all the time. I don't care where you are in the faith, how long you've been walking in the faith, distractions are a thing that will always look to trip you up. Satan wants to take those distractions and turn them into something else to move you away from where you need to go. See, and if you're not focused forward, um, if you're not focused on going forward, either you're going to stand still or go backwards. And that is that is the issue with um, eliminating distractions that we wanted to to go. Um, I'm sorry, Coach Chris, you had something you want to add in there? Yeah, so, sorry about that. I forgot to tell the family that's listening, you can listen to all of our podcasts, the already recorded, even this show, it will be it'll be uploaded right after we get off the air. You can go to Roku TV, look for Endless Podcasts, 
Search the Psalmist Voice Radio Network, and you can listen to this show live on Roku TV. Just saying. Also, you can go to TuneIn. We have two stations, one for the podcast and one for the live radio. You can download TuneIn app on all your mobile devices, Apple or Android. Look up the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. You can listen to all the pre-recorded shows, or you can listen to us live. We're also live 24-7 on Live 365. You can listen to us there as well. Coach D also mentioned Spotify, Anchor, Apple iTunes. We're everywhere. So, family, that's what I'm excited about. So, if you're listening, you can catch us. If you can't catch us live, you can catch us on all those platforms. So, Coach D, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Back to you. Amen. Amen. The important that you can get to it, guys. It's real important that you can get this content and that you can digest it and, 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 and just really have the Lord in your life. Well, that leads us into this topic that we're going to cover in this series. And it's something that's very, very personal to me, Coach. Very personal because this is something that I've dealt with the majority of my life. And I'm starting to get delivered from it, and I'm starting to see progress that God is working through me with this area. And the area I'm talking about is dealing with insecurity, dealing with insecurity and the decisions that we make being insecure. And that has been been an issue for me for a long time. And, you know, the thing about insecurities, they come in many different ways. You know, they can come from family. They can come from friends. Um, you know, but anyway, any way that they come, the enemy wants to use those insecurities to control you. You know, it's almost like a bit in your mouth. Like when you put a bit in a horse's mouth and you want him to go right, you pull right and that bit will put that pressure on his jaw and he'll turn right, or you want to go left, and you, you pull the rein, and that bit will go left. Well, those insecurities, they, they drive your emotions, and your emotions will end up driving you. And that's one of the issues that I suffer with for a long, long time. But, coaches, before we dive into insecurity, I want to put the definition on the floor so we can see exactly what insecurity is and how to overcome it. Well, Webster says insecurity is a deficient in assurance beset by fear and anxiety, or in layman terms, always uncertain. Or you could be highly unstable or not able to adjust, not firmly fastened or fixed. Now, that's the Webster's version of Insecurity. In the word, it tells it talks about someone having a double mind. And the word says, when you have a double mind, you're unstable, not just in some, but all your ways. And that's where I was. And I'm going to tell you as a man, and I'm telling you as men here today, when we suffer from insecurity, a lot of times we'll know that we're insecure, but we will mask that thing with so much masculinity. We'll get in the gym and, 
and we'll brag about how much weight we can lift and how much we can squat or bench press. We'll, we'll, we'll take masculinity and we'll just mask it all around that insecurity because once that insecurity, we feel vulnerable. But that thing has to be attacked because that thing is not your driving force. Being insecure, you have to be assured and affirmed in everything that you do. In Christ Jesus, you should have that assurity and that firmness of whatever it is that you do. You know, because I figured out, oh, I, I thought when I was coming up, you know, the stronger I was, the more secure I was. I thought, uh, you know, everything was based around being masculine or manhood, and my insecurities were still there. And what did it make me do? I thought at that time, the more women I could date, the more assurance in myself I would have. Now, that's a big one. That is a oh, yeah. big one. And and I see a lot of men today still walking that path of being insecure. But you can't, you can mask it all you want, but you can't attack it till you address it. So you call it for what it is and call it out that you know that it's going to be eradicated from your life once you call it out. Or else it'll be hidden down there and it'll make you make decisions. And then you'll look back 10 years later wondering why you're down this road because it was the decisions you made out of insecurity. Well, coaches, I've said a lot. I'm going to, I'm going to turn the mic over to you, Coach Tut. Insecurity. Talk to the guy. Tell him something, how it affects you how it's detrimental, and we have to deal with it. You have the floor, sir. You know, we want so badly to be accepted by the people that we're around because we get so focused on the things of this world. You know, it's it's our insecurities that make us, like for, for teenagers, you know, when you're in the locker room, you hear all the other buddies around you, you know, talking about sexual prowess and, you know, they – they think that they think that that somehow speaks to their masculinity and that validates them but the chance, mm. the odds are that most of the time they're just flat out lying you know yeah. they want to try and brag to seem like they're big and bad and you know as if that has any value added to them mm. you know when it's through their own insecurities that they feel they have to talk about that stuff right you know we should be secure enough in our faith. You know, they they try and act as if as if the locker room isn't a place to talk about things of where you are in your faith, where you are in your walk, but actually that should be exactly the place where you're talking about it. You know, right. where you can actually communicate and check in with your buddy. You know, check in with a guy that's got the locker next to you. Say, hey man, how are you doing? You know, mm. is there anything that I can help you with? Anything I can pray with you on? Mm. You know, to really start to strengthen and change our culture. You know, we have we have a culture where boys are raised up thinking that virginity is a weakness when in fact it should really yeah. be celebrated. You know, and yeah. it's all because of insecurities that that we have that mindset in our culture. You know, we want to we want to act as if, you know, because of because we hear the guys around us, we want to think that we have to, you know, go out, have, you know, have premarital sex and really, you know, that's the only way that we're going to prove that we're a man. 
but we know now in retrospect you know that it's it's really through being committed to your faith that you show your true manhood right not boyhood that's good you know that's you good. have to evolve from being a boy to being a man mm. and it's not it's not by sex that you do that it's through commitment to your faith it's through you know stepping in the walk that Jesus got you on but you know in when it comes to security or insecurities we in we have to be secure in our faith Psalm 139 13 and 14 tells us for you form my inward parts you covered me in my mother's womb I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous mm. are your works and that my soul knows very well you know we are not mistakes we were made intentionally by God you know and we there's security that comes in that God created yes. us he made us in our mother's womb and when he looks on us he sees his handiwork you know we are fearfully and wonderfully made crafted in the image of God mm. so there there there's security that comes in that knowing when you really accept that that you are a creation of God God doesn't make mistakes you are perfect exactly the way that you were made amen so I'm gonna take a step back for just a second amen amen that's good stuff uh what was that verse again Psalms it's Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14. Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14. If you got your Bibles yes. handy, and we always tell you to have your Bibles handy, your tablets, your phones, whatever way that you can get to the Word of God, you need to highlight that, guys. You need to highlight that. And that should be something that you confess every single morning when you get up. That should become before the Wheaties. That should come before the cup of coffee. Just just really start to let that sink in. That's good stuff. Well, Coach Newton, man, what is going on with this thing, with insecurities, man? I, man, me and Coach Tut laid it on the line, man. Come on, bring it up. What's, what, how can we deal with this, these insecurities? Well, first and foremost, we need to identify them. See, we, right. we're never taught to identify our insecurities because we're taught that we're not supposed to have any. We're taught that we have to be strong. We're taught Mm. that you're not supposed to be exposed. See, we're taught all these things young. You're not supposed to cry. You always have to be a jock. All these expectations way before you get of age, it's already required of you to be these things. Now, if you grow up in a single-parent home, these things are a little different for you because, again, you listen to your friends, you listen to your, your buddies, and it's cool to lay the smack down on every girl you see because that's cool. <laughs> and you're not a man because you don't. So that's the added pressure. See, back in my day, that was the pressure. See, these kids have whole different pressures that's, and that's a whole nother show, but they right, have, right. you know, the drugs and all that stuff, even though that was around in my day, but it wasn't the big thing. 
The biggest thing right. was to see how many other girls you could check off the list before you graduate high school. Well, no men's going to be uh, real with that, but I'm going to be real with that because that's what the goal was. Get the girl, lay the smack down, you good. Or be a jock on a football team, track team, basketball team, whatever it is. But what if you don't meet those requirements? Mm. See, we don't hear the stories of the people that aren't jocks, that there there aren't the guy laying smackdowns on every girl. They're actually the nice guy. They're actually the one that opens the doors, even though they get laughed at. They're the ones that wear their pants uh, above their waist. They're the, they're the guys that are always giving compliments. See, these guys in high school, or even in today's time, are considered the good guys. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I'm in trouble with this one. See, so when you grow up and you become a man and you've been the good guy and you've been walked over, that also brings the insecurity. See, y- y- y'all don't, y'all don't want to be real with me, but I'm going to be real. See, we, uh, we have to understand that our insecurities can be birthed from high school, can be birthed from our, our youthful days of 21 and up, dropping it like it's hot in the club, all this stuff, and we get hurt. We get baggage right. that needs to be addressed. So my muscles aren't as big as Brother Don's, or I'm not as tall as Brother Don, or I'm not as athletic. And even the insecurities creep in the church. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I'm in trouble with this one, too. But I'm the offensive coach, so I'm going to give it to you. See, mm-hmm. we do the same stuff in some, not all, in some of our congregations. We lay this thing called the Boaz man. In some churches, we lay this insecurity down. See, some guys aren't Boaz men. Some guys have to live from paycheck to paycheck. Some guys may have kids before, so they got to take care of their responsibilities. So those guys end up being thrown at the bottom of the barrel which causes insecurity. See, I'm going somewhere. Mm -hmm. See, as you grow in God, your insecurity will only heighten if you don't give it to God in the first place. See, men don't want to be real with their stuff, but when you become a believer, all this stuff from preteen to to, uh, a young adult to adult, all this baggage and requirements that's given by society given by your peers, and even given by your own church. Uh-oh. Yeah, we're going to lose 10 people on that one. But I got to be real with it. We have too much stuff, and it has to mm-hmm. be addressed. We cannot walk in confidence, Coach D and Coach Tut, if we don't leave it to God. If we don't leave it to God and we keep picking it up, Guess what? We're going to still be struggling with it. We're still going to feel some kind of way when we see Coach Tut or Coach D doing something greater than me. I'm going to feel some kind of way and be mad about it. That's insecurity. Got to be supportive towards one another in ministry, in life, 
and I get on Coach T all the time. Just send me a text. You ain't got to call me every day. Just let me know you're okay. And I got to be the Amen. same way, too, regardless of how busy our lives get. At least drop in the text something. Like Coach Tut also said, the locker room is a place of healing. It doesn't necessarily have to be a place. We have technology now. Go on Zoom. Right. Go, go on Skype and have a locker room session there. I'm just saying. Let me stop. See, because I'm getting excited. <laughs> so I, I just want to lay my smack down. Uh, and here's my offensive play, Coach D, how to execute this insecurity based off of past stuff. And he, we got some uh, n- uh, numbered stuff of how to get over them. But, of course, that's later on in the show. So back to you, Goat. Amen. Amen. I want to park here right quick because you guys brought out some real good stuff. Real good stuff. Uh, Coach Tut, I love the way that you touched on the culture. See, because it it takes me to that place where when we build a lot of insecurities was when we try to fit in somewhere we're not supposed to fit into, where we don't meet the bar, where it's just too high for us. Rather than to get into what God says our culture should be, because, see, this is the thing, folks. In Christ, you are a new creature. You can't fit into status quo. Jesus didn't fit into status quo. Look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where they all tried to trick him and make him fit into status quo. He couldn't because the standard that he upheld in his life wouldn't allow it. But a lot of times when we feel like we need to get uh, connected with the culture, like we need to be absorbed in the culture so we don't look different, sound different, feel different, we'll do things. And a lot of times it will build insecurities. Because Coach, uh, Coach uh, Newton, you touched on something that was monumental there. You know, and a lot of this starts at a young age. You know, and, and, and the enemy to your soul is not a respecter of person, of color, age, creed, or anything else. The younger he can start his devices, the better off he feels because now he's got you. He just doesn't wait till you become 18 to decide that, I'm on the stuff on this individual. No, he's going to get you as young as possible. And that's why as parents, and I'm talking to the parents out there, to the dads out there, it's real critical and important that we speak blessings and uplifting words over our children. We can't demean them in a way that's going to build these insecurities because a lot of them come within the household. With the power structure and the ones that they depend on each and every day, can actually be the one putting the most hurt and pain in their life. That's why it's important that we speak positive things over our children. As we pray over our children, we make sure that they're getting the positive, that they can build their identity based on the word. See, because the word will not return void. That's what the Bible says. That's what my Bible says. The word shall not return void. And we have to speak these positive things. Because just like uh, Coach Newton said in high school, now I'm going to be a little transparent here. Coming up in grade school, middle school, I was a fat kid. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I was a fat kid. I was about as tall as I was around. And based on that, I got a lot of mean bullying, a lot of ridiculing uh, about my, my size because I didn't look like the rest of the kids. So when we were in high school, I mean, uh, junior high school, and they have all these dances, and all my buddies had all these girls they were taking the dance. Nobody wanted to go with me. Nobody wanted to go because I was this fat kid, and that's why they looked at me, this fat kid. Now, when I got in high school, I started growing a little bit. I started to get into my size. I didn't look like this round kid no more. I started looking buff like now. Oh, wait a minute now. But I was so insecure at that point, I didn't even know who I was. So that's when I started to put that masculinity on my insecurity. I was a horrible person then. I didn't care about anything because, see, what that insecurity was coming out of was the hurt that I experienced all while I was coming up. And it developed this mechanism within me that kept the insecurities at the forefront of my thinking. And that's probably one of the most, I would say, it was the hardest time in my life to, to overcome. And that's why it took me years upon years because I didn't want to deal with it. I just kept wanting to mask it. I didn't want to accept it until I accepted Christ. And even then, it was some digging that had to be done to get this stuff out. There had to be some cutting and uprooting to get this stuff out of my life. But I thank God today that he is doing a transformation, not only me, but I know he's doing a transformation within you that's listening here right now. So, Coach Tuck, here it is. I laid it out on the line. Hurt, insecurity, let's connect the two with you so we can minister to the guys. They may be dealing with something that from their past is deep down. Let's connect it, Coach Tut. Hurt and insecurity, you have the floor, sir. Now, Coach Don, that was really good, um, and I appreciate your transparency, uh, but even more so your vulnerability in telling us that. Um you know, insecurity causes a really vicious cycle. To your point, you know, when you started changing in high school, when you started growing and you started getting positive attention from kids around you, you know, the insecurity had already been so deep set in you that when when the tables had turned, you wanted to pass that on to other people, be it girls, be it you know, right. kind of maybe bullying, you know, however it came out, it was you were taking the hurt that you'd received out on other people that were giving you positive attention. Just like when you gave positive attention to them when you were younger, you received negativity in response, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it there's there's a lot of hurt and it amplifies every time. You know, that passes on to women that we've dated, you know, that we really only saw as conquests. We didn't actually care about right. them as people, right. you know, where they in turn take that into their life where 
that's the attention that they received. So if they want attention, they feel that that's, you know, that's the way that they need to go about getting it. Regardless of the, regardless of the emotional stability of the person that they're with. You know, so you have a lot of women that end up in these abusive relationships because they feel that that's how it's supposed to be. You know, um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, hurt and insecurities tied directly together. One usually causes the other, and it is. It's, it's a vicious cycle that grows and grows every time. But when Jesus steps in, we have the ability to stop that cycle through our children, through teaching them properly, through raising them in a positive environment to where they know who they are and more importantly, they know whose they are. They can go through life where they don't have to conform to social norms. You know, sometimes, sometimes those insecurities that we feel when we're younger like when we hear people talking about their sexual prowess or something to that effect, you know, sometimes those insecurities are indicators that that's not where we need to be at the time. You know, so if we could train ourselves to acknowledge that when we feel insecure in an environment, we probably shouldn't be there, right. then we might have a completely different place to live. Now, there don't get me wrong. There are times when... Things that are positive in your life, because they're different, they can be nerf. They can be uh, there can be anxiety associated with it. You know, mm-hmm. but we should be confident enough in who we are to not be insecure in that environment. Amen. You know, there's a fine line between the two, and it gets confused a lot. We need mm. to be able to be confident and identify the feelings that you know that we're given when we're not supposed to be in an environment so that we can turn around and get out of it instead of trying to conform to this world and compromise who we are in order to try and gain acceptance from somebody that doesn't care about us Mm. amen that's good stuff that's good that's good coach newton man I hear you guys crying out there, man. This hurt runs so deep in me. I am so scarred from these, 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 this hurt that's in me. How can we dig this thing up that we do not become insecure? You have the floor, sir. Mm. Well, I can piggyback off of Coach Tut. See, insecurities can lead to abuse of yourself and others. Why? Because we don't know who we are as men of God or as men, period. Uh Uh-oh. That's going to be a problem. But see, Mm. how can we identify the insecurity? See, first off, we have to find out what triggers our insecurity. See, a lot of us don't know ourselves so we don't know what mm. triggers us we don't know what what sets us off it's kind of sort of like PTSD but not really because the emotional scars can give you a type 
of PTSD, which is called anxiety. So anxiety now has run rapid, not only in our lives we live, but even in the church. Yeah, go figure. Sorry to say it, but it's the truth. We got more people Mm -hmm. on Prozac in the church than we do in the natural world. See, let me stop. Okay, see, I, I was going. I was trying to be nice, but see, see, this is what happens. We don't know what our triggers are, so when we do, what do we do? We have to shift our focus. Why? We have to shift our focus on us. Why? Because you can only heal yourself if you look at your own mess. See, a lot of insecure mm-hmm. people like to dump their baggage on others or other people. I got the T-shirt and the hat. Mm-hmm. I did that. I had three failed mm-hmm. marriages. I mean, yeah, two mm-hmm. failed marriages. I don't even remember. But I'm just saying. I'm just making a mm-hmm. point. I had my own stuff. I had my own baggage. So how in the world can I be anybody's husband when I got my own stuff? Especially wow. now, and I'm going to be a little more transparent. It was hard for me, number three, so we know we have to shift our focus, right? So once the shift of our focus is on us, a mm-hmm. lot of us don't like what we see. Uh-oh. Wow. So wow. what do we do? See, when we don't like what we see, we start to feel some kind of way. Well, I used to be a pimp and a playboy. I used to go through all these women. All the people in the church don't think I'm this and I'm that. Let me tell you something. I was the biggest fan, and I'm not saying this to to toot my own horn, but I did everything humanly possible to sabotage my call. Uh-oh. See, I could be real with mine. See, most, I'll say some, I'm sorry, some church folks won't be real with it, especially men. I did everything possible, and Brother Don knows this, I did everything possible to sabotage my destiny. Everything, from having all these relationships, all these kids, uh, I walked away from ministry, I did all, everything I could do not to be qualified. But listen, see, and I said this a couple of shows back, and I'm going to say this again, and I'm not using this again as a data boy, but I thank God for what happened to me. Wow, that's Mm. a strong statement. That's a strong statement. Yeah, for me, it is, because I was a knucklehead. I didn't want to listen. I didn't care what God had for me or what people had for me. I'm going to keep it real. So guess what God had to do? He had to move his grace just a little bit off me. See, y'all not hearing me. He moved his grace a little bit off of me just for me to understand and see. Now, see, you're in a situation now where you have no choice but to trust me. You're in a situation now where you have to trust me for your healing. See, y'all not hearing me. See, I'm in a situation where everything's been stripped, and now I have no choice but to listen to God and look at my insecurities in the mirror. Do I still have them to this day? Absolutely. Well, you're a pastor. You're not supposed to have that. Well, let me tell you something. When you saw the movie Frankenstein, right? Well, 
sometimes that plays tricks on my mind because I've been I've had so many surgeries, I have so many cuts. I feel as I feel as though that I'm a Frankenstein. Well, you're not supposed to think mm-hmm. like that. You're a pastor. Well, I'm human. And see, people don't understand that. I'm a human being as well. And that is my insecurity. By me going through this accident, all these surgeries that I've had, I had to get cut up, sewn back together, cut up again, put stuff in me, take stuff out. Listen, it takes a toll on your body. I'm just saying. So my inadequacies now are limited. I can't run like I want to. I can't do the things that I used to do, like go run and go to the gym, all those things. I can't do that. So the devil mm, can, can, can play mine games, and I have to deal with it every single day because I made a choice. Look in the mirror, Chris, not Pastor Chris, not the psalmist voice. I have to fight every day. To keep my mind as far as sanity. Uh-oh. Pastor Chris, what are you talking about? Well, with the insecurity that I face every single day, it could take me out and this ministry out. Let me tell you why. Because if I allow the insecurity to have a hold on me, guess what? TPV would not be on the air. I wouldn't be walking in God's purpose. Even though I hurt, even though I feel and look some kind of way, God said, shut up. Mm. Look in the mirror, son. I got you. No, you may not have the body you used to have before, but I kept you. And see, that's what reminds me, and that's what gets me out of my insecurity. By me looking in the mirror every day and waking up to the truth. Every day, it is like my walking thorn on my side, but I thank God for it because it keeps me focused, it keeps me humble, and I can be real with mine, and I don't got to be fake and phony like some of my constituents out there. You know who you are. I'm not trying to be fake or phony. Yes, we go through the struggle, but the glory after all of it is awesome. I'm sorry to go a little long-winded, but I feel that somebody needs to hear this. Step number three, rest in Jesus. And that's what happened to me. That's what I continue to do, fighting my own insecurities. Sometimes I might lose one day. Sometimes I might feel some kind of way one day. But I can always know that there is shelter in Jesus Christ. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me or keep Secretly in my pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. Psalms 27, verse 5. And if it gets that bad, when I finish reading that verse, coaches, I'm good. So, again, sorry for being long-winded, but I just had to get that out there because sometimes There's a stigma about pastors that we don't go through nothing. But I guarantee you, this is what makes the man of God great if he could be transparent to what he goes through, but yet apply the word of God in his life. Even in his struggle, he can still apply the word of God in his life. Let me stop. I'm about to throw my own penalty flag on myself. So I'm going to stop, Coach D. Back to you. Amen. Amen. 
That's good stuff, man. That is good. That's exactly, you know, you brought up a great point. And and I just want to kind of touch on that real quick. You know, you're not above having to deal with these things. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your title is. You're not above it. You know why? Because you're wrapped in this thing called flesh. And this thing called flesh has emotions. And those emotions are tied to the five senses that you have. So you're connected here to this world. So you're not above having to deal with some of the daily things that we're talking about here in the locker room. And that's what makes the locker room the locker room is because we can come and unpack this stuff and deal with it where it needs to be dealt with. You know, this is, this is for you guys, but this place is for us as well. You know, all of the all the coaches here today are unpacking stuff. Like I said in the beginning of the program, we're walking with you through this. We're not out in front of you by no means. We're walking with you through all of this. But I want to share this with you. When it comes to insecurities, it's just not us. There's men and women in the Bible that dealt with insecurity. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to open the Judges chapter 6. And I'm going to show you insecurities. And me and the coach are going to unpack a little more about insecurity. Judges chapter 6. And we're going to start at verse 12. And it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. Now, let me stop right there. You would think if the Lord appeared to me or angel appeared to me and said, hey, look, you are a mighty man of valor. That would be it. Game over. Drop the mic. I'm good. Let's roll. But a lot of times, this thing runs so deep, like we said, from the culture, from our family, from our childhood. You know, it's hard to root out. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, is the Lord with us? Why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Let's stop right there real quick. I've been guilty of that. <laughs> I've been guilty. My insecurities made me cry out like that. Many times, coaches. Lord, if I'm doing all this for you, why are you doing why is all this happening to me? Where you at, Lord? I'm sitting here, I'm teaching, I'm doing all these things that I can. But why is this stuff happened to me? See, the thing about insecurities, they change your mindset and the way you view things and the way you receive and perceive things. So, no, you're not going to be able to receive that until you start unpacking it. Um, help me out, coaches. This, the, the, the scripture, the, the chapter and verse, uh, be ye not conformed but renewed. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm drawing a blank yeah, here. Romans 12. I'm sorry? Uh, Romans 12. Romans 12. Romans 12, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So 
we have to allow that transformation process to come because if we look at what's in the exterior, we'll never be able to focus on the interior. Let me read 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Said to him, now listen up. Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. All right, Coach, I'm going to park right there. I'm going to read some more, but I want to park right there because, excuse me, I think this is a critical point that we have to identify. Coach Tut, I want to be humble. But how do I know when I'm being humble or insecure? You have the floor, sir. In verse 14, when God says, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand, am I not sending you? You know, God is reminding him, we we have greatness in us because greatness made us. You know, we were created by the Father. So there's yeah. confidence that comes with that. You know, there's there's no there's no reason for us to be insecure when we acknowledge that we were created by God. You know, in it, when we talk about insecurities, I'm always drawn to Ephesians. Ephesians one, four through six, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. So there's, but there's three things. The first thing is God chose you. Amen. For the foundation of the world, God looked on you and said, I want them. Mm. Second thing is mm. God adopted you. Mm. He loves you with a deep, overwhelming love That's to the true. point that he he chose to adopt you into his family. And then third, God accepted you. We have an omnipotent God. He's gone before and after he he's not bound by time constraints, he knows everything that's going to happen in the order that it's going to happen. He is not surprised. So no matter what you've done, he loves you. He's accepted you exactly as you are. You don't have to change for him to love you. You don't have to change for him to accept who you are. He welcomes you with open arms, and he delights in you. So those three things, it destroys insecurity. You know, you are chosen, adopted, and accepted by God. He wanted you to be a member of his family to the point that he was willing to send his only begotten son to die on the cross for your sins, for my sins. And he loves us enough to do that so that we can live life abundantly and honestly even if it was just for me, even if it was just for you, he loves us enough to do that. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
Coach Newton, man, I'm told to be humble. But I see what Gideon was dealing with. I, I know how Gideon feels in this situation. I don't feel worthy. How can I know if I'm being insecure or I'm humble? Because you know what? Where I live at, where I come from, what people told me, I wasn't going to make it. I'm not supposed to be here. How do I challenge that in my life? You have the floor, sir. Mm. Well, again, your offensive coach always getting penalty and getting kicked out the game, but I might get kicked out for this, but it's okay. See, here is some traits that we can identify that someone is humble. See, the humble can always ask for help, and they don't insist on everything being done their way. Think wow, about it. that's good. Number that's two. Good. They are quick to forgive others, difficult to offend, and content to wait on God for vindication when they have been wrong. Think about it. That's good. Number three, they are patient and do not get frustrated with the weaknesses of others. Galatians 6 and 2. Number four, Mm. the humble person is a peacemaker. In fact, we need humility to maintain peace in our lives. Romans 12 and 16 is one of the best scriptures just for that. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be naughty, but readily adjust yourself to people, things, and give yourself to humble tasks. Never overestimate yourself. Paraphrasing. Wow. Number five, Mm. a person knows when to be quiet. Uh Uh-oh, we got a problem with that, Mm. especially as men. Sometimes we got to justify why we feel the way we feel. But do you understand that there's power in being quiet? You don't have to talk and defend every single thing, but as men... We are taught that. Number six, a humble person sees their own weaknesses and can readily admit them. We just talked about that, gentlemen. When we open up to others about our own baggage, it can actually encourage others and help them realize they're not the only one dealing with stuff. See? Mm. I can go on and on and on, but this is my offensive playbook to this. This is what a humble person looks like because we make so much impression on what the person looks like on the outside, but on the inside, they're all jacked up. They don't have a humble heart. They don't lead with humility. They don't treat everyone with respect. So how can you lead people if you don't even have a level of humility for yourself? Uh Uh-oh, I got in trouble with that one because we got a lot of folks that's in leadership positions, but they don't have a level of humility, and they don't even know how to serve. But that's a whole nother show, whole nother time. So that's how we can identify 
humility versus insecurity, Coach D. And First Peter 5 and 6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God that in due time he will may exalt you. So, Coach D, back to you. Amen. Coaches, y'all are cooking with hot grease today. Good stuff, good stuff. See, the consensus is on the board, you know, and the coaches, we we come together that insecurities will look to zap your faith. See, you cannot be faithful and insecure. See, because your assurity is supposed to come through Christ Jesus. And here's a tough tough one to swallow, but it's the truth, and I got to say it. See, the chief result, the chief effect of insecurity is our failure to truly trust God. Just like Gideon said, how can I believe what you're telling me when I haven't seen you show up yet? Now, how many of you today are out there, coaches too, that can say, I've been believing for something, but just because I haven't seen it yet, I don't know how to move forward. See, the thing about insecurities, they feed off that stuff because the first thing it's going to say is your faith isn't good enough. You don't know enough scriptures. You haven't been praying enough. See, these things that that we have to combat on a daily basis to get to where we need to be. See, because Jeremiah, if you turn there with me, Jeremiah chapter 17 Verses 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaves shall be green and and shall not be careful in the year of a drought, neither shall she, neither shall Cease from yielding fruit. See now, here, here's here's a key. Here, here's a key. God is never going to deliver you from something He's trying to perfect you to, and that's what we're going to have to ingest and really just get into us. Because if not, our insecurities will play on them like God isn't in our favor. And Coach Tut said it beginning with Psalms one thirty nine that you were wonderfully created. You're not a mistake. You're just not a chance. You were meant to be here. God designed and perfected you for this time. So we're not going to let the enemy bombard you with these doubts and thoughts because of insecurity. See, because insecurity, if you haven't caught on by now, insecurity is like a Petri dish. And the thing that it wants to breed is doubt and fear. Because Satan can smell insecurity like a beagle on a rabbit. He can smell it. He knows it. 
he knows it because that's one of the devices he wants to use with God's people to keep them inflicted continually. And we've got to come out of that. See, because you'll never get to your purpose, you'll never see your destiny with insecurity. And, you know, as we talked about Gideon here, Gideon was in a place where he felt like what he'd gone through, what he'd seen in his culture, he never could amount to anything. How many people are out there like that? How many people have said or may have been told, and, and I love the way Coach Newton brought it up, even in the church, you're just a babe. You're too young. You can't handle these things. Or you don't have the education. You don't have the degree. Things like that. We're going to shake that off of you today. We're going to have you moving forward. These insecurities are not going to stand no more in your life. Because I know how detrimental they are to your wife. And just like Coach Newton, I sabotaged my walk a hundred times. And I'm sitting here on this line here today and still don't know why God still decides to use me. Because I was inconsistent. I let him down. I was unstable. Because I let my insecurities do the driving. And when you let that happen, it's going to basically take you down places where you make decisions that you're going to regret later. But everything happens for a reason, just like you're here today. Everything happens for a reason, and we can talk about these things. We can unpack them, and we can get you back on track so you can get back out on the field in winning form. All right, coaches, here we go. Here's one that I know is going to touch each and everybody here that's listening, even you, coaches. Another cause of insecurities is when we allow people to define what success looks like. Because mm. this is dangerous because it involves you in a worldly See, the world has a definition of success, and the kingdom has a definition of success. And if you try to mix the two, it's like oil and water is not going to happen. But Coach Tut, listen, man. Man, I'm, I'm a paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck guy. I'm over 40. I'm trying to take care of my family. The world says I'm unsick. What can you say to that guy that says that? You have the floor. I'll be honest, don't even listen to them. The, you know, we get, <laughs> in, unless somebody is picking up the tab for us, they don't get to speak anything over our finances unless they're helping us to grow them. And, um, you know, we, we value other people's opinion in our lives, but, you have to, the only people's opinion when it comes, like if you're, if we're talking specifically finances, right? Because that's usually right. what people base success off of. If the person telling you that you were unsuccessful doesn't have that fruit in their life, 
Like, if they're not massively successful where they have a comparison point, then they have no opinion in your life. You know, why would you take advice from somebody that hasn't put into practice what they're telling you to do? And, uh, you know, it's it's like talking to a rugby player that tells you to go out on the football field without, mm, you know, mm. there's a reason we have the pads on when we go out on the field. You know, it's to protect you. Uh, but right. if, so, I mean, if, if I'm hearing from a person that I'm unsuccessful, if they're paycheck to paycheck too, then that there's no value to that opinion. You know, we look at we look at celebrities, we look at people that are around us, and we look at all the things that they have. And unfortunately, we try to mimic what they have, thinking that the the objects that they have are what makes them successful. Right. So we try to right. emulate those. We want to go and get, you know, the nice car. We want to go and get the really big house. We want to go and get these, all these things of this world. But we don't, but very few people, the people that are truly successful, mimicking somebody else, they look at their grind. They look at the, they look at the focus that they have. They look at the, you know, the determination and the, the endless motivation in success where they're constantly doing something that's going to set them up for success instead of setting them up for failure, right? We have those moments where we can choose every decision that you make. If you don't have your clear vision, every decision that you make is either going to set you up for failure or success. If you mm -hmm. don't know what you're working towards, then how do you know that you're making a good decision? You know, mm. Habakkuk 2 and 2 tells us, write it down and make it clear so that anybody that reads it can run with it. You know, mm. we have to write down our vision. We have to know where we're going in order to know what path to get to take to get there. You know, and it's it's not about following the path that everybody else is on. Mm -hmm. You know, but... For people that don't share your vision, don't listen to them. If if they don't, because God gave you the vision for your life. And if he hasn't, then pray to him and ask him for vision for what he would have you do. You know, to to get that clear, that, that crystal clear vision so that you know exactly the path of where you want to end up. Right. That way you know what decisions you, and when you when you internalize that vision and you are crystal clear in it and you tell yourself you know, you remind yourself of it every day what your vision is, then what'll happen is subconsciously you'll start making those decisions to get you there. It's gonna bring it to reality. You know, but yeah, mm -hmm. don't listen to people that are right there next to you sitting waiting on a ride if they're paycheck to paycheck they have no voice in your life about what success is amen great stuff great stuff awesome stuff awesome stuff coach Newton. now wait a minute now Sir. look 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 what's going on i've been i'm speaking to the pastors out there now i've been in ministry now for 15 years, and I still got the same 10 folk that I've been with, but people are telling me, 
I'm not successful because I should have at least two, three hundred people by now. What would you say to those ministers out there that that may be building insecurities about what they're doing based off of that? You have the floor, sir. Bruh. Well, <laughs> that, <Amen. laughs> that's a problem. See, there's been so much pressure, and see, I'm uh, I'm glad you left me for last because I've been preaching on this for a while. See, the problem is we have been preaching an economic system for every church leader or pastor to follow that's merged from the world system, co-signing on what Coach Tut just said. See, we're trying to merge the world with the church. That's a problem. This is why we have such a landslide of different ministries not getting to a certain level. Why? Because mm. they haven't sold out. Uh-oh, I'm, we all lose more people, but that's okay. See, we, we sold out to the system of what the world has to offer so we can build our mega churches. Oops, I'm going to get in trouble with that one, but there's the truth. See, there's a pressure because we got to be down with all the mega church preachers so we can get a, a downstream of income so our ministry can flourish based off of us co-signing off of a mega ministry. Well, listen. See, people don't understand this principle, and Brother Don, you know this very well because I've talked to you about it. See, yeah. God, Jesus, will supply your needs, not once. See, we might want that mega church. See, that's what we want. We might want. Two, three thousand dollars in the in the stands and all that stuff. That's what we want. We might want LEDs and smoking mirrors in our churches and have many concerts. That's what we want. But have we ever sat down as leaders and asked God what He wanted? I'll wait. Amen. No. Because we're so busy trying to compete with each other and we feel some kind of way because we can't make it to the level as pastor so-and-so. See, the problem is what, what these people don't tell you, there's a lot of different other things in work. Now, there are some ministries that have built up the honest way. I'm not throwing every church under the bus, so please don't inbox me. What I am saying is, there's more churches doing the wrong thing than the right thing. So the churches that are doing the right thing and really promoting what tithes and offerings are really for versus what it's being preached. And that's why people are insecure even more so, Brother Don and uh, Coach Tut. See, they're more insecure now because I can't sow a $1,000 seed like Coach D and Coach Tut. So now I feel some kind of way. Maybe I'm not a man of God. Maybe I'm not walking in my anointing. Maybe I'm not blessed and highly favored because I don't give like you. Well, 
God honors the heart of the giving, not the amount. Amen. See, there's so much there's so much dynamics to this, Coach D, and we don't have a lot of time to break this down, but I'm gonna try to make this quick. See, our insecurities as pastors, as leaders, as pew sitters, as deacons, as ministers, as elders, they all stem from the same source. It comes from the top. Who's the top? Well, what is your ministry under? What doctrine of ministry are you under? Are you non-denominational? Are you denominational? See, it's not the fact that we don't know the right thing to do. It's that we're continuing to allow the wrong things to happen and people are getting hurt. People are losing their homes. And as leaders, we are not checking that. We're just making sure we're looking floss. We look and fly. We got our nice car. We got our nice house. We got our book. We got all these things to look blessed. But you don't understand the H-E-L-L hockey sticks that I'm going mm. through to live this life. See, there's a difference when you allow God to supply the need of a ministry that he birthed inside of you. You don't got to pimp the people. We haven't done that yet. If you think I'm lying, you can contact Coach D right now. Not once we pimped, not once we primed, not once we, we did a, a, a marathon giving oils and, and handkerchiefs and all this nonsense just to get you to sow. Guess what? God supplies the need. And guess what? What we do lack in God always talks to somebody. See, if you don't work this thing for real, y'all, if you don't give the if you don't give all your faith in God, he will not show up in your life because you trying to be God. And that's the uh, another problem, Coach D. We try to be God. That's why we feel insecure because we don't let God supply our need. We, we want to supply the need, and then we want to say God did it, but in all actuality, we're walking in pride because we're the ones who actually got the loan out from the bank, and now we in debt, mm. so now I got to sit here and come up with isms mm. and schisms to get people to give so we can pay back the loan from the bank. See, 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 let me stop. <laughs> let, 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 let me stop because I can I can keep going. Come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Come I'm gonna throw in the towel right there. Go, go ahead, Coach <laughs> D. I, I gotta stop because I'm gonna go off. Back to you. <laughs> amen, amen. Coach Tut, I got a question hot off the press here. You mentioned Habakkuk. Write the vision and make it plain that so he who reads it can run with it. But Coach Tut, the question is, how can I write? the vision and not be worried about what happens in the future. Can you answer that one for for the guys out there? So when you when you write the vision when it's truly a God-given vision and not a vision based off of things of this world where you know you can you can identify things that you would like to have, right? But so long as they're still founded in God's word, like you, you, you have to trust that, like if you want 
prosperity for your family or, you know, you want your kids to grow up as good Christians or, you know, depending on what it is that you're putting on the list. If you're putting, you know, I want, you know, six yachts in my yard so that I can have one mm. for, you know, every day and then go to church on Sunday. Mm. Uh, that's, you know, that's not, that's not real vision, right? That's right. just wanting stuff. You right. have to want to, you have to want to evolve into a person that's walking the path that God has for them. Um, you know, when you, when you pray to God for your vision and he gives that to you, you can document it safely. You know, when you remind yourself, you don't really have to, when you trust that God's in control, you don't have to worry about the future. You know, if you're Mm -hmm. walking in the path, if you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, you know, along the way, walking in, walking in faith and following the steps that he's given you, you know, yes, there's work. Work is something that God gave us, but, you know, as long as you're doing the steps that he's given you to do, then there should be that, that comfort, that joy that you find, no matter what situation you're in, you know, so there, it takes away the fear of the future. You know, God is in control. He's going to, he wants good things for us. So he doesn't he doesn't want us to just barely get by because he sent his son to die for us that we might have life and have it abundantly. You know. And, uh, so it, it's we have we have this self limiting belief that has infiltrated our society where people feel that they have to just get by or they're not a good Christian. You know, it's okay. It's good to dream. You know, God has never not shown up. It's we we limit ourselves and we limit God's influence in our lives because we doubt that he's going to show up. So we try to dream smaller, thinking that, mm. oh, well, this is one that he can easily do. You know, we don't we don't want to project our dreams any bigger because we try to bring God down on our level. Wow. You know, when you truly acknowledge that you're worshiping the creator of the universe, that that's your God, then you dream bigger because you know that he's never failed you. He's never, you know, he's never not shown up. But wow. we try and throw little challenges. You know, dream big. You know, put down big visions. Because if you don't, then you will always live small. Mm. And trust wow. in God, right? You, talk, you said on the last show, total reliance under stressful times. We have, to, yeah. we have to know that there's a God in heaven and know that he loves us. And know that without hesitation that he has never failed and that he's going to... He's going to carry us through whatever we're going through. You know, right now, if you're listening to this, you have a hundred percent success rate of waking up. No mm-hmm. matter what you've gone through, you have succeeded in surviving every day up to this point. 
That's pretty good odds, given some of the stuff that I've done. That's really good <laughs> ratings for God and him carrying me through. <laughs> so he's never failed to show up and carry my goofy butt from whatever I was doing to get me to this point. Amen. You know, Coach, I had to laugh on that one because I could think about some of the idiotic stuff that I did, and I'm still here. Amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it may not be a, a huge drama. You know, it may not be, you know, the angels coming down and carrying us, you know, floating us down to the ground after jumping off a cliff or something like that. But, you know, he's still, he's carried us through whatever we've gone through. And in those Amen. things, he's uniquely enabled us to be able to speak into other people's lives that might be going through something similar. You know, he's he's put tools in our toolbox through our life experiences to help us to reach others and to spread his word. Amen. That is good stuff. I'm going to read with you, folks. Guys, I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 31 through 33. That's Matthew, chapter 6, verses 31 through 33. And it reads, Therefore take no thought, saying what we shall eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed. For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye that ye have need of things. Now this is a verse that 33 gets thrown around all the time, but we're going to bring it home today. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh-oh. Coach Tut touched on a lot and he just ministered to me like man that was just so profound what God are you serving are you serving a, a little itty bitty God or are you serving Elohim the creator of everything see you can't get stuff sitting on the couch you got to get up and move and do something to start getting the seek as you seek the kingdom these things will be added onto you. You don't need nothing added onto you if you're sitting on, at home on the couch. But I can guarantee you, if you get out there, you get busy. You get your vision in line, and you'll see your life change. Now, it's not about stuff, and I'm glad Coach Tuck brought that up. It's not about stuff. My faith, my walk isn't based on what I drive or where I live. That's part of my vision, but I don't need that to move forward. We can't let the insecurities that we build about certain things define what we do each and every day. We have to let the word define what we do and move forward in it. That's seeking the kingdom. That is seeking the kingdom. See, that word seek is... Uh, action word It isn't a passive word Where you're just sitting there looking Out the window trying to figure out Where it is 
that seeking means you got to get up actively and get busy and start doing things for the kingdom. No, I'm not saying you got to start a church tomorrow. No, I'm not saying you got to stand on the street corner. If God moves you to do that, God, praise God. God bless you. We'll give you all the support in the world here at the locker room. But I'm saying that there are certain things that you can do to start seeking. There's a realm, a sphere of influence and impact that you have right around you now. Every man has Every man has a sphere of influence and impact around him. God designed it that way. Adam was put in the garden to have a, uh, a impact, and um, his sphere was a sphere was a garden to have the impact and influence over the garden. You have your own garden of Eden. You have your own place that you can be impactful and influence right where you're at. But you got to get up. You can't do that sitting on the couch. But that was good, good, good stuff, Coach Cut. Good, good stuff. All right, Coach Newton. I got another, another question. Hot off the press here, uh, chomping oh. off the bit. Um, you mentioned before in the past, Coach Newton, that we have to be humble and submit to authority, especially in the leadership and church. But I'm getting so insecure about the Word of God because. They're telling me to do things. They're telling me to sow $100 to get $1,000 back. They're telling me to do this and do that. But I haven't seen it. It's not coming around, so I'm getting insecure about the word. I'm starting to, to have that drawback in the word. I'm starting not to trust the word. I, what can I do, Coach Newton? you got to help these guys out. What would you tell them? Hmm. Well, first and foremost, If a man, as we like to say, a man of God, pastor, if these individuals are telling you to do that, run. Why? Because in Philippians 4, chapter, chapter, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 9, it tells us in verse 6, do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation by prayer, And petition with thanksgiving Present your request to God Now People take that And they run with it It doesn't say present your request to God So you can get double for your trouble That's not what it says It doesn't say For you to get A Bugatti A Designer shoes, designer suits, all that. It doesn't say present your request to God that way. He's talking about your needs. See, most pastors don't preach about that. See, that's the key. You have to be content with what you have. See, Sometimes, and I remember this statement, well, God's not going to bless you with more if you can't take care of what you got. Well, listen, some people don't understand finances, so that's why they're in the shape that they're in. See, if we were real men and women of God and helping each other as real brothers and sisters and not, oh, I got to get something so 
when I lift you up, I can get something back in return. See, see, this is the nonsense that we're doing. So mm. if your man and woman of God can has to give you gives you tools, but there's a price tag on it, run away. Why? Because mm. see, I proved this concept, coaches. That and I and I'm very confident in it. I'm not prideful by no means, but I know God can supply my needs. Why? Because I got out the way. Now I'm not saying yeah. be silly with your finances. That's not what I'm saying. If you know you have your mortgage due, pay your mortgage. That's just common sense. But see, the poison that has come from some of our churches is that let me give you my mortgage payment because God guaranteed me that he'll give me double for my trouble. And it also says right here in, 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 what was that verse I just did? Uh, Philippians. It says in Philippians 4 and 6 that I need to present my request. So, God, I mm. request mm. for me to get double for my trouble. So, I'm going to sow this seed by faith through grace to present you the request so you can give me the double for my trouble. Well, see, the problem with that is, family, God promised us spiritual prosperity. That's what he promised us. And God gave us a minimal response. Yes, he will bless you. Absolutely. Yes, he will make sure you make it from paycheck to paycheck, things like that. Absolutely. But God never promised that he was an ATM. MB, 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 I can't even say it right. AT, ATM machine, Bank of America, or none of that stuff. God has never Amen. promised us that, but we continue to preach this nonsense that we all we got to do is submit our loan application to God. He will approve it, and then we will give us, He will give us double for our trouble. God never promised that. He promised us spiritual wealth. That's what He promised. Amen. And honestly, the way things are going. I'd rather know that I have security in heaven than I do here on this earth. Because this stuff that we have can be gone in a second. And if it, that's all, if that's what you're about is the stuff, guess what? Your faith is going to crack because you built your faith upon the green. He preached about that last week. We built our faith around the green God, not the mm. almighty God, the green God. We, we, we put our faith in the GG, the green God, because we put all of our faith in it. That's what we've been preaching. That's what the people have been learning. So when it comes to a situation that happens in our life, we have no clue how to deal with it. Why? Because we were taught how to give, 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 
and we were promised by our leader that we'll get double for our trouble. Two years go by, three years go by, you're homeless, driving a hoopty, and you gave all your money to the church, and you see your pastor drive right by you, uh-oh, in, in his Jaguar or his limo. See, let me stop, Brother Don, because I've seen this happen. I grew up in this new church, the, the way they do mm. things now, and they're not teaching the people. They are teaching people principles that will keep them insecure, keep them broke, and they will not trust God fully because they, didn't, uh, they don't understand the scriptures fully. They're believing on what the man says instead of going home and learning the word for yourself and testing the waters testing the faith of that man and woman of God, asking them questions. That's how we iron, sharpen iron, but you can't even do that either. Let me stop, Brother Don. See, you'll be asking me these questions, and you want me to give a five-minute response, but I can't help but to preach because I know so much about this. So let me stop before Coach Tut kicks me off. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen. No, that's what we love about you, Coach, is that, that you know, you you have that energy, and, and God has really blessed you uh, tremendously to share. So, uh, hey, you you get no, no qualms from me. Amen. Well, man, it doesn't, it's hard to believe that almost two hours has gone by and we've been with you, and I hope you've been receiving this about insecurity, you know, because you know what? We've all, and, and as men, it's a place that we all struggle with. We all struggle with. I'm sure there's a lot of women out there that, that struggle from insecurities as well. But in our society and our culture and the way things are designed, see, we put a label on what a man is supposed to be. And, and, and I think it was Coach Tut that said it the best out there, you know. We, we, we base that on a lot of what boyhood is and not what manhood is. And we're going to continue to dive down into this thing. Don't think that we, we're going to let you go because we know there's more out there that you need to hear about dealing with your insecurity. So here's my run. Here's my play. This is the technique that I want you to practice this week. Psalms 139, 23, and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and my thoughts and see if there see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I want you to write that down and I want you to say that every morning. I, I want you to, if you, you can't say it, uh, we've got a lot of technology now. I know my Bible, I can put my earbuds in and hit play and I can listen to the whole Bible. My phone died. So put that one in your rotation. Psalms 139, 23, and 24. And the next one I want you to do is Jeremiah 17, 7, and 8. Blessed is a man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope is in the whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the water, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaves shall be green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. See, and that's the thing about insecurities. We're trying to 
we're trying to get all that doubt and worry that will make you unfruitful because we want you fruitful for the kingdom. We're all one body. And as strong as you are, as strong as we are. And we want to see you successful. We want to see you healthy. We want to see you moving and shaking and, and whatever God calls you to do. But we know this is one of the ploys that the enemy used in his word insecurity, these things called insecure that make you insecure, that he can keep you trapped in this perpetual, unstable, wavering mindset that will look to abort what God is wanting to do in your life. See, just like all the all the coaches here, we've all had stumbling. We all tripped up. And, you know, God didn't really twist our arm to say, hey, look, you got to do better. He caused some things to happen in our life. But ultimately, it was us to look at this stuff and get it out. Once we recognized it, once we called it out, see, you can't remove it yourself. You have to call out to the Lord. The Holy Spirit will... He's a surgeon, and he'll start cutting this stuff away out of your life. And he's still cutting stuff away out of my life. And I'm sure the other coaches can attest to the same, that they're still being cut on. Because that's what we're doing. We're being perfected daily. So I want those are my techniques for this week. Psalms 139, 33, and 34, Jeremiah 17, 7, and 8. Run with those these weeks, every morning, before the Wheaties, before the coffee. Just profess that over your life so we can get this thing back on track and get you on the field and win in form. Coach Tut, you got any closing techniques for the guys out here before we get out of here? So there's there's a John Maynard uh, quote that I'd kind of like to paraphrase. Um and it's all about where we put our our faith. Um, now, if you take a basketball and you put it in my hands, it's worth about 15 bucks, right? If you give it to LeBron, it's worth about 40 million. It all depends on whose hands you put things in. You give me a football, it's worth about 10 or 12 bucks. Give it a breeze, it's about 80 million. Mm, it all depends on who you, whose hands you put it in. You know, golf club, about 50 bucks. In my hands, you give it to Tiger, it's over $100 million. Mm. It's all in who you, whose hands you put it in. You put some nails in mine, and I can probably build you something. But if you put the nails in Jesus' hands, it covers the sins of the world. Wow. It all depends on whose hands you put things in. You know, wow. whether it's problems, anger, jealousy, finances, your ministry, in my hands, I'm limited in what I can do. But when you put those things in Jesus' hands, there's no limit to what he can do with it. Because it all mm. depends on whose hands you put things in. So I, I'd leave you with this. Put your life, truly submit it to God as your Lord. And under that Lordship, know that he's going to guide you to the path that he's built you for to fulfill the things that he's made you for you know uh, that would be that would be the last thing that I would leave you know we need to shift from going to Jesus as our savior and submit to him as our Lord Amen Amen 
That's good stuff. Good stuff. Coach Newton, you got some techniques that you'd like to leave the guys before we get out of here that they can practice on during the week till we get back together. You have the floor, sir. I'm going to be brief because I've been long-winded and I'm losing my voice, so let me (laughs) just keep it quick (laughs) and simple. (laughs) Pretty much, when you look in the mirror every day, what do you see? Now, a lot of us are big, small, fat, ripped, built, skinny. It doesn't matter. You know, we they call it the dad bod. That's the new thing. And I'm good with that. But are you good with that? See, this is the thing. We got so much image, especially sometimes in the church. Now, I'm not going to say sometimes. Most of the time. Image is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And until you look in the mirror and you see the value you are in God, not your pastor, sorry mm. to say, not your first lady, not the people in the congregation, whether you drive a Mercedes Benz or you drive a Hoopty. You are still as valuable as that man that drives that thing that's probably stressing out but ain't really telling you the real deal because more money, more problems. I'm sorry to say, but it's the truth. But anyway, mm. if you look in the mirror and you realize who you are in God, and see, this is what kept me, gentlemen. I understood who I was. Even though I was in my mess, I knew who I was in God. That's why I ran away so hard, because I knew who I was. A lot of us don't know who we are. So if you don't know, gentlemen, find someone that can help you in your journey that can keep it real that can be transparent not only from the god side of things but from the human side of things because that's what we don't teach in some of our congregations it's okay to have a human moment okay to break down it's okay to talk to coach d as d or donald it's okay But when we come to the middle as a friend, as a minister, and we can uh, infuse God's principles and our emotions and be able to walk in his purpose for our life, you will start to see that your insecurities will slowly start to drop off. By the end of the week, month, year, three years, you probably won't even realize you have them because you gave it up. You gave up your pride. You gave up your self-arrogance, and you gave it all to God, and you allowed yourself to be transformed. That's the key to this thing. That's the key to being renewed, and that's the key of being a man or men of purpose. So, Coach D., that's my last two minutes, Bill. So I'm done. Back to you. Amen. Amen. Good stuff, coaches. Great job. I'm, I'm blessed. I pray that everybody out there that's listening today is blessed. You know, we're coming at you. We're coming at you with this stuff, and some of it's not easy. Some of it's going to be kind of 
challenging because it's dealing with you. I know it was for me. And whenever I had to deal with me, it was challenging. It was challenging. But, you know, there's no task too hard for God. None. None. As bad as you think you might be, God can still do a great work within you because you're a champion. And this is a place where champions are built. We believe that. And when you get back out on that field, you're going to be in championship form. So I'm just thankful you tuned in to us today. Um, Coach Newton, real quick, can you go through the places where they can listen before we close out in prayer? Uh, Sure. Family, you can always catch us on Facebook Live at TPV Radio. All of our shows now are virtual, so you can go on there. If you don't think the radio thing is, 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 is complicated and we got too many places, just go to TPV Radio on Facebook and when we go live, like us, and you'll know when we get all of our shows that are on the air. You can follow us on TPV Radio on Facebook. Also, we are on Spotify, the Thomas Voice Radio Network. We're on Spotify. This show will be posted on Spotify as soon as we get off the air. Also, we're on blocktalkradio.com. As soon as this show is off the air, it will be on blocktalkradio.com forward slash TPV Radio. Or you can skip all that and go to tpvradionetwork.com. There you will find all of the sources you need. Everywhere we broadcast, all of our podcasts, all in one place. So just go to tpv, www.tpvradionetwork.com. Forget all that stuff. Just go right there. It's easier. And it'll have every place of everywhere we are. You can download the stuff for free. You don't have to pay for it. We won't knock you upside the head with a tithe and offering. Take it. It's free. It will bless your life. So that's what we believe, and God's been faithful. So please, again, subscribe, www.tpvradionetwork.com. And that's it. That's all my plugs. Like us on Facebook at TPV Radio. And I'm done. Amen. Amen. Also, you can go out. I know we're out on Anchor. Type in Men of Purpose Locker Room, and you can listen to us there. Um, But there's many, many ways to get to us. Or you can just go on the Facebook page, uh, Men of Purpose uh, Locker Room Facebook page. Before we get out of here, I'm going to say a quick prayer. Father, I just thank and praise you for this time and opportunity to come before your men today. I just thank you, Lord, for what you have spoke into their lives today. Even our coaches, the coaches on here, I thank you for speaking into their lives as well. And I just ask you to bless each and every individual that's listening, that you will continue to cause and cause them to grow and protect them continually. For this, we thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. This has been another episode Amen. of The Locker Room. So tune in. Uh, go out on the website. Um, menofpurposelockerrooms.com and you'll see the calendar with the episodes and you'll see all the input information and we're going to have merchandise coming soon too so God bless you thank you for tuning in and we will see you soon time to get back on the field let's go